This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a platform that connects restaurants with people. Learn more at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com forward slash opening soon. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. It's HRN's 10th anniversary and now our summer fun drive. So show your support for independent, revolutionary, entertaining food radio by becoming a monthly recurring donor. HRN is powered by a passionate community of thoughtful eaters, and we need each and every one of you to show your support so that we can keep bringing you your favorite food podcasts. It takes a village, and every dollar donated, every listener tuning in is essential to our continued success. So set up a donation for $10 every month. You'll show us that you want to be a part of a bright future for HRN. And you'll get one of our brand new limited edition Pizza Pocket t-shirts. So snag your new favorite tea and show us some love. All for the price of about two fancy lattes each month. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate today. And thank you. Welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. We are your host. I am Jenny Goodman. And I'm Alex McCreary. And if you're just tuning in to our first season, we are going through the business of opening restaurants. And we're talking to some of the world's greatest chefs and restaurateurs and industry leaders that will help take your idea to opening soon. And just to give you a little background on who we are, if you haven't listened yet, uh, Jenny and I are the founders and proprietors of uh, Tillet NYC, which is a workwear brand. Uh, we're also the former proprietors of a rapidly declining restaurant that went down mm. in six months, which six is one months. of the reasons that we're here yeah. <laughs> um, asking people that have done it correctly to give some advice so that everyone out there that's learning and going through the process might have a little bit more um, intel on what to do right. Um, today we're joined with James Kent and Jeff Katz of Crown Shy in downtown Manhattan. Uh, bef- before we dive into their uh, interview and conversation, we've got five quick takeaways from last week uh, with Robert Bookman, who's a legal um, counsel in New York and advisor on getting li- liquor licenses um, and all the different kind of um, licenses you'll need before you open. Yeah, so Robert had 30 years of liquor license experience. Um, so basically his advice was get legal advice. Don't ever try to do it yourself because it'll just slow you down. Get good legal advice. Good, good right. Pay for it. Good legal um, the second one was that there are three pillars to getting your liquor license to be aware of when you're starting your company, and that's the local input, which is the community board, uh, the partners that you're working with, and then, of course, where everyone's money is coming from. Yeah, and he mentioned this could change state to state, but it's pretty much similar all over the country. Um, and then start your licensing process ASAP. So some people you know, wait until after they sign the lease, but he was saying put provisions in your lease that are contingent upon getting a liquor license, and as soon as you sign a lease, one of the first things you should do is contact your liquor attorney. And of course, always research, plan out your budget for licensing and permits, and don't forget the legal fees that'll go into that. And then the other part was he's actually also an advisor to the Department of Health, which was super interesting. Um, and he's on a committee trying to make it more business friendly. 
um, to all of our business owners out there. So the hiring um, of an industry professional who consults and making sure that you get a good inspection from the beginning is really important um, to making sure you don't get those fines and all those kind of good stuff. Cool. Uh, so that's last week. We're on to this week. Um, and we're talking today on Opening Soon about ingredients, um, how you develop your menu, how you plan that, how you stay on brand with your menu within budget, um, and obviously create an amazing guest experience. Uh, and kind of over our lunch before the show, we you know kind of learned a little bit about James and Jeff's um, very interesting dynamic and how their different backgrounds have collided to form um, the culture that they now have at Crown Chai between the dining room and the kitchen. And the kitchen. So, Very good. <laughs> yes, we're, we're learning. We got scolded over lunch by James when I said F-O-H and B-O-H. Um, rightfully so, though. So today we are joined in the booth with James Kent and Jeff Katz of Crown Shy, which just opened in March um, in the financial district. And James is the executive chef and partner, and he draws on his menu inspiration from all over the world and his childhood growing up in New York City. He also was the CDC at EMP and the executive chef at Nomad before for opening this first solo venture with his partner, Jeff, who um, is also the general manager and helps to ensure and oversee the front of house. Um, sorry, the house. dining room. Damn it, I did it, it again. Takes it, takes <laughs> it takes time. The yeah, dining room and guest experience. <laughs> um, and Jeff is also the managing partner at Del Posto and was has been there for 13 years and got four-star review, the only Italian restaurant to still hold that, right? Well, recently. Lost that one. Well, but while you oversaw it still. Um, And these guys are just coming off a fresh, amazing review in the New York Times. So if you wanted to go to Crown Shy, you can still try to get a reservation, right? Uh, Yeah, we we had a really good week. Uh, uh, Pete Wells uh, gave us a glowing two stars. And uh, now the hordes have showed up uh, to fill every seat. So we are very lucky. It's a good problem to have. Very good problem to have. I'm glad I went in April. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> ahead of the curve. <laughs> ahead of the curve. So tell us a little bit, because you guys come from both super, you know, have very prestigious backgrounds. You come from this really great world of fine dining, lots of great training, but you never worked together in the past. So tell us a little bit about how you guys came together and um, a little bit about like your philosophy. We took a leap of faith. Took a leap of faith. Um, we've, we, you know, we've worked in these really big restaurants that tried to do great things and, and, and basically did. And I like to say I got lucky because James was out there looking for someone like me. And on paper, we look like a really strong couple. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the places that we work are similar. They're big dining rooms doing really high-level service, high-level food. There's lots of private function space. There's huge teams, really big physical plant. Um, and there, you know, there's there's not a ton of restaurants that are like that. I mean, these like Postos twenty four thousand square feet, and I don't know how big. They don't matter huge. I don't I, know how I, big I it is. I couldn't tell you. It's really, really big. EMP is a really, really big space mm-hmm. too. So like, it just it just worked out in that way, you know. And I had to, on my side, sort of trust that the guy knew how to cook. Right. And I and I, I never forget that like first taste of food that we had. We we were doing these dinners, and I was like, think. God. Wait, so you signed on to be his partner before you actually even tasted his food? Well, no, we, you know, we obviously Jeff has eaten at the Nomad and 11 Madison Park. Right. And as much of the food is mine, it's really I'm cooking for Daniel and with him and underneath him. So, you know, the, the, like the first meal that we ate together was Thanksgiving at my house. 
And I remember either that night or the next day, he was like, you know, the dude knows how to cook. <laughs> Did you like accidentally text that to somebody else and it went to James or something? No, no, he like sent it to no, me. He like he's, like, it to you. he's like, oh, it's okay. Sign, seal, <laughs> delivered. But you guys had already agreed to be partners before you yes. had Thanksgiving dinner together. Yes. Basically, th- that period of time, um, Del Posto was sort of in the review process and I my family my wife's family is in San Diego mm-hmm. they were all going home and I was like I can't leave right now right. I've got to be here for this and so uh, you were a Thanksgiving orphan I was a Thanksgiving orphan and James, and James invited me in. over yeah to his house um and then so Jeff is is uh, half Puerto Rican my wife is Puerto Rican so we have a Puerto Rican Thanksgiving with <laughs> turkey and pernil and all the like pasteles and I'm like yo Jeff dude this is like home this, like, come on down. And, Sounds um, amazing. So we're coming up. I know. I'm, can I come over for Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So, is it, does your wife cook the Thanksgiving dinner? She cooks nothing. She cooks nothing. <laughs> so, no. you make all of That's like in our household. Alex makes all the Jewish food because nobody lady. else in my house can cook Jewish yeah. food. But that's not true. No, uh, my wife is, is, a, is a professional eater. Same. And, and I Pilates like instructor. So, it's oh. kind of. She and I are like kindred spirits. Love like, it. Man. How did you guys? How did you guys? You know, find out that you would be able to. Did you do anything to kind of learn each other's character and? Well, I think you know early so on. You know, it was like speed dating essentially. You know, yeah. we went out, had right. dinner. Um, we kind of vetted each other through friends of ours and colleagues, <clears throat> and you know. So you're calling around asking like. Yeah, like early on, cool. early on in the process, you know, I, I got brought to this incredible building and it was just this huge project and I'm like I can't do this by myself I need someone to help me with it and I come from Make It Nice where there's you know pretty equal partnership between Daniel and Will and I wasn't looking to like hire a GM right like I want a partner who can have my back and who, who can help me and and do things that I'm not able to do um and uh, a good friend of ours introduced us and you know I, I heard lots of great things that he's tall, handsome, <laughs> all very all true. true, all very true, well, well-dressed, stylish man with lots of, with lots of sneakers. James also is a sneaker fan with his, yeah. uh, yes. yes, yes. And, um, you know, early on in the process, they were like, you should reach out to Jeff. And I'm like, man, he runs a restaurant. It's successful. You know, like, I just don't think it's, it's really an option. And then, um, you know, I just took a leap and, and a, a dear friend of ours was like, yo, he's ready. He's your guy. Um, and we had coffee at Del Posto, then we had dinner, and I brought him to the restaurant, and once you see the space, it's, like, hard to say no. No it, one said no when they see you upstairs. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what it is. And the interview is going a little yeah. soft, and you upstairs. really want them, you just bring them you upstairs. Bring them upstairs. <laughs> yeah. So just for the audience, so Crown Shy, basically, you have a restaurant in the, in the, in the bottom the, floor. The lobby level. Lobby level. 70 Pine in the financial district. And then there will be a second restaurant coming from um, from floor 62 to 66. Is correct. that correct? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's coming later in early 2019. And I'm not sure if the going upstairs is about the view or yeah. they're just concerned that we might push them off the edge. <laughs> like if you don't uh, join sign on the dotted line. Sign on the dotted line. So you guys met, you had this sort of like partnership dating. This was about two years before the restaurant opened, right? Yeah, so we yeah, basically. Uh, basically two and a half years or so. Um, and that, so you come from these different worlds. How did you, how did you decide you were going to marry the philosophy of like, this is the dining room. We're well, not calling it you know, front of house, we're not calling it back of house, we're calling it dining room and kitchen. How did that all work out for I you? I think like at this point, we're playing it by ear. You know, we're, we're, we, I have 
complete faith in Jeff that he comes from this amazing place and is very skilled and smart and good. You know, so like there may be things that we just assumed were like standards that now we are figuring out what makes sense and what works. Um, and, you know, like Jeff commented earlier at lunch that when we started service, the first day of Friends of Family, I called in a ticket and the team yelled, we, 50 people, as loud as they could. <laughs> and Jeff was like, wow, it's crazy. That's like, that, I, I didn't sign up for this. You know, but it's just like we come from these different places and they both are incredible and great. And it's just finding a way to, to combine them and like the best practices of each restaurant is going to win. Right. And, and, you know, I think like I've learned a lot from Jeff and the team that came from Del Posto. And, and I imagine that Jeff has learned a lot from, from the Make a Nice team. Yeah, it's and we're just, only three months in here. You months. guys said yeah. that you had a, your restaurant failed in six. Like, yeah. we're only yeah. three in, so. <laughs> there's I think you're off to a better start, start than we were. You're off to a very different start than we Is were. Is the dining room primarily people from Del Posto experience and the kitchen primarily no, it's a, from, it's a, do you have some mix there? It, it, there's a mix. There's, there's crossover from both places in both sort of, let's call them departments. Yeah. Um, and tell us again the because our listeners didn't hear really the ethos that goes in behind why it's not front of house back of house. Well, so this is a this is a make it nice thing. We use the terms dining room <coughs> and kitchen. Um, you know, for me, they are two rooms in your home, and you guys are guests. And for me, you know, for us at Make It Nice, back of house and front of house, polarizing, complete opposites, and just like historically, there's this this like power struggle between the dining room and kitchen that we just want to get rid of. And like, you know, EMP is wildly successful because there were two leaders that challenged each other and it wasn't just like a kitchen driven restaurant or a dining room driven restaurant. There was balance, you know, and, um, you know, they figured out how to make it work. I mean, I think that's a really interesting point, too, for listeners and people who are planning what kind of philosophy that they're going to have, you know, is what do you do when you're there are people who are like, oh, I'm going to be a chef driven restaurant or I'm going to be a hospitality driven restaurant. How do you marry those two concepts and then like educate your team that maybe didn't come from that philosophy previously? I I think if you look at if you look at it, it's kind of like it's a big space. It's a huge project. There's another one down the road and there's just no world where we one of us would have been able to pull something like this off without having someone overseeing the other side that we just that we could trust right it's something that we're trying to carry through to the rest of the team now just making sure that everybody starts off with like hey that guy probably knows what he's doing so like let's trust that they're doing it that way and that's a good idea mm-hmm. and it goes between the dining room and in the kitchen like in our world in my world I never thought I never used the term dining room kitchen exclusively like James was used to doing but the the, the idea is exactly the same right like we're all in this doing this together trying to put out you know, an incredible service under what can be really hard conditions. You're trying to, you know, you've got a lot of people, people want to come in the, the, you know, there's no room for walk-ins. It's, uh, intense services. There's always some VIPs. There's always some important someone in the room who needs extra handholding. Um, and at the end of the day, we can't do the job with just half the team. Right. It just, we'd serve nothing or you'd have no one serving. (laughs) And it, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know that it's so forward thinking because I feel like that's where things have evolved to. But I think in a restaurant where you may just have a chef who opened a restaurant or you may just have a restaurateur who just opened a restaurant and hired a chef mm-hmm. that it's it just it might feel different. You know, um, we're just lucky that we came with that okay. certainly that same sort of philosophy that 
Um, we kind of need each other. And now we need our team to trust each other in the same way that we trust each other. Have you guys done any like team building exercises to make your team? We are playing of... volleyball next week. Yep. All right. In, in the next couple of weeks. Um, Will that be dining room versus? No, no. no. There's just no. One, <laughs> one, be that way. one big area. One, that yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just bouncing the ball <laughs> around. Yeah. No, you know, but I think competition is important. Friendly, you know, it, it kind of keeps people on, on their toes. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that, that you're working toward, uh, everyone understanding that you're working toward a common goal. We had John Seibert from Tail Up Goat, and they actually put, they actually have their kitchen crew do one day in the dining room to kind of understand that the, the end of their job in the kitchen is not the plate of food. It's when the plate of food gets eaten by the guests and the reaction that they have. And I think it really you know, speaks to the same, same kind same of thing. That we're all here for one reason. I, I think the one plus that we have is... We are such an open kitchen. If, you know, for, every, for anyone that has been there, it's like you are, you are dining in this huge room that is part of a huge kitchen. You know, so you see the cooks working. You see them struggling if they're struggling or, you know, like you, see, you feel the energy of the kitchen. And, you, and you know, likewise, we, we see the dining room staff hustling and working. And, you know, it's not just these hidden rooms that you don't know what's happening. Right. You know, um, so there's empathy, and you see like what it takes to really make it work, you know. Right. So take us back to to the beginning. You you were working on this for over two years, right? Before you yep. guys opened uh, three months ago. When did menu planning development that? When did that start? Did that start immediately? Well, I think early on, um, we knew that the downstairs restaurant was going to be casual, and it's an elegant restaurant, but it's you know kind of high high. Hi, Cash. I don't even understand. It's casual. fancy for mom. It's fancy, that's for, sure. it's fancy for, for my mom. mom. It's fancy. But, okay. you know, it's... Um, <laughs> I like it. You know, I've never really cooked food like this and served food in an environment like this. Um, so it's something that we, I wouldn't say struggled with, but we worked through for the past two years of, like, how are we going to treat the food and how are we going to serve it to the guest? Um, and we knew that we wanted it to be delicious, high level. Most important thing. Um, and then we wanted to be kind of like robust, um, kind of a little spicier than I'm used to, a little more flavor, just kind of uh, like high levels on all, on all levels with the food. Um, and I think we've pulled it off. You know, the food is, is Something tasty. Something else you talked about and over lunch was about how fun the space is as well. And that, how does that play in with the menu that you were thinking of? I think that... One of the things we did when it came to service was to pull away all of the things that were just sort of like the trappings of super fine dining that I think we're, we were both really used to. And they were just like rules that we just said, that one doesn't matter because like the only thing that matters is like being efficient with the service. Let's not spend time like doing all the like pomp and circumstance, but let's spend time like joking with the guests yeah. or having a good time or you know, talking through the menu a little bit longer as opposed to like having to leave the table to get a tray to go back to the table to clear the glasses. It's like the guy hands you a glass, don't freak out, like take the glass and put it in the dish station. Yeah. Um, and like just little things like that. It, it's not that we want sloppy service and I don't think we have sloppy service, but we want service that's like efficient so that we can give the guests more of our time if they want it and not to have it be um, things that maybe don't matter. So like, you know, 
you go to a fancy, really fancy restaurant and the guys take the plates, they go down. Like it's, it's basically synchronized swimming. It's right. beautiful. It's beautiful. It's right. a beautiful service. Yeah. That's just not what this restaurant, um, was supposed to be. This was supposed to be like, let's have a joke. Let's take a shot of tequila and let's at the same time, like eat like food that's like punching above its weight class. And let's give it a value that feels like, hey, you know what? Like, I could probably go there once a week and not feel like I have to break the bank. Are you seeing regulars do that? So yeah, many we've, regulars. We, we've had awesome. people down with us 10, 15 times. Wow. wow. Yeah. In, three in three Damn. months? Yeah, in three months. That's very cool. Yeah. They're yeah. like, screw you, Pete Wells, and your glowing <laughs> review. No, I'm and just then, kidding. You know, as far as the food, the idea was like, how many steps can we strip away mm-hmm. um, and not um, have food uh, suffer? Um, you know, 11 Madison Park is very elegant. There's lots of steps. There's lots of hands. You could probably have something taste very similar with a few less steps. Um, and, and that was, you know, definitely important to me um, because it's a big restaurant. We want to work with less uh, cooks in the kitchen because right. labor, is, it's a huge cost these days. Yeah. Um, and so, like, steps, take them away. Did you guys always have the same vision for this? Were you like, or was this something you like workshopped or were you like, it's going to be fun. The food's going to be. Well, we, so our office was on the 60, uh, 60th floor of 70 Pine. Beautiful, beautiful apartment for, you know, four bedroom penthouse. And we did 20 dinners for the tenants of the building where we got to workshop all the food, workshop the playlist, plates, glasses, steps of service. Um, we workshop so the playlist for them. We did. Wow, they're um, experiential. Yeah, so we were able to kind of really work through the food. And then, what was? Did you have a lot of feedback and notes, or were you? Do you guys sort of stay in your lanes in terms of like service and and food, or how does that how does that work? I, I think that there was less sort of because service was a little weird. It was like serving a group of twenty in a non restaurant yeah. setting. Um, but certainly like there was feedback on food and we, we really pushed the people who sat down to say, to say something, you know? And at that time we were really having a hard time defining the food. That was a really big thing we spent a lot of time on and had a hard time coming to terms with that. We basically were going to be called new American. Why was uh, that so hard? Because you come from European backgrounds? Well, well, the or thing, I think more just like the, 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 for me at least, like new Americans, not mouthwatering. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I want to Your food's eat. pretty fucking mouthwatering, I have to say. Yeah. But yeah, well, we but I hear it. you. Yeah, yeah we can good. swear. Yeah, you can use cursors. Hey, cool. Good. Fuck. Hey, um, but, you know, but these categories, like that's not a sexy category. No. Right. Right. Like, I hear hey, you. I'm going out to get sushi or yeah, like. You get it. Whatever it is. Right, right, right. We go to a new American restaurant tonight. It sounds terrible. So we'd like. Right debated it and you know Jeff comes from this Italian restaurant that like it makes sense like you know what you're walking into and I'm like yeah what is the nomad what's 11 Madison Park like what you know what category of restaurant other than like elegant fine dining or like cool hip fun restaurant you know so we you know were attempted to put language to it and for me it was always like seasonal food roots are are from Europe because it's the food that I've essentially cooked most of my life Um, and just tasty and that's it. And our first day that we opened, there was a uh, uh, someone from Thrillist, and they kind of nailed it on the head. Like this restaurant, um, there's no like north star, and I'm paraphrasing. But what they do is cook food that people want to eat and make it really delicious. And I'm like, wow, that's what we've been saying that's, for the yeah. past five <laughs> yeah, six like, months. Wow, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It, it felt really good. Yeah. Um, and it allowed us to like push forward and really like understand that we had something that was that was great. 
Cool. So don't stress if you don't have a category. Wait for Thrillist to come in and try yeah, to nail yeah. it for you. Good lesson learned. Well, no, I think like I know what food I cook. Right. You know, and I understand what's important to me. And, you know, trying to put language to these things are oftentimes challenging. Yeah. Um, like I know that I want to cook seasonal food. I know that local is really important. I know that, that we want to treat the product simply, uh, not complicate things. But like how does that translate to like a bullet point on Yahoo or whatever it is? You know? <laughs> it's right. also like def- being really careful to not try to define what you're doing by saying what you're not. Right. And that's like a place that I think happens quite a bit. Like we're not a steakhouse. Right. This is not an omakase counter. Right. We're not farm to table. So great. So what are you? Right. Right. And and we're 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 just I think that this is the first restaurant that we did and so hopefully we get an opportunity to do more and, and, and things go really well and at some point maybe we'll get lucky and someone will like magic wordsmith the most like beautiful sentence of yeah. what the food is like it's right. fun do you think and it's fucking imperative delicious. to like yeah. have that nailed down before you start or well i think that we tried yeah. to get to that place and yeah. we never got all the way there and yeah. at some point we were just like you know what like the food here's the food here's the menu people are going to look at it they'll come in once they've had it once if they like it, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't right. matter anymore. Like, and we, I, you know, I think I, I had a harder time with it, maybe because of my background, and I had a, I struggled with. We need people like when you're like, hey, let's go out to dinner. The first thing you say, maybe if you're not in New York City, you say something like, awesome. Can we go get sushi or steak or can right. we get? And you say by like what it is you want. Right. <laughs> I think in New York, like we have a slightly different perspective on it because there's so many restaurants there's so many new restaurants there's mm-hmm. always a place to go and they're not all defined do you think it was hard for you to translate that to the guest like what like what genre it's been because I, I mean it doesn't it hasn't hurt you guys you have butts and seats every I think, night I think and all not those kind really of things. I, you know i feel like it's interesting <laughs> I, I i get a lot of people that come in and say there's not a restaurant that this can easily be compared to I would and, agree. and, and yeah. it's humbling and and it's like you know like okay miles davis davis played what isn't here like he was this yeah. forward thinker he was our muse at Love Medicine Park. And it's like, that's what we want to do. We want to be the next generation of restaurateurs, of chefs, of operators, of like, you know, you know, hospitality, you know, pe- peeps, you know, so like for us to create this restaurant and for us, we, we were just like, what's the best? How do we make it great? Let's debate it. Let's challenge every, every norm, all these like things that we've had in the past, the non-negotiables that like we always did this, like, fuck that. Here's our opportunity to challenge it. You know, we're make, we're writing our, our own rules, and I think with the people in the room, there were ten people that were like super important of of like building this and drafting the language and the thought, and you know we've created something that's really special, and it's humbling. It's incredibly humbling. The menu you have today is it the same menu you opened with? No, we, this version two point seven or eight. We 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 number all the menus. Okay. Uh, so whenever we adjust it, we change the version version. Seasonally, it will be the first digit, and then any variation, any version that we adjust is, is, is the version. When uh-huh. do you up version? How like small or big are the changes? Um, well, early on, it was super challenging. We're like, we just learned how to cook this food. <laughs> now you're changing. And we opened March right. 18th, and spring was March 19th, or whatever it was, and we were cooking Damn. winter food. <laughs> yeah. right. So yeah. we, you know, it, it's just tough. We, but basically, it's any time there's a, the, the, the decimal point changes any time a new dish changes. Any that's time it, that's, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it might be. It could be yeah. one, it could be five. Or if we add like... You know, raw almonds onto something, right. green almonds. We then like you will upversion it if you just like add one garnish. Mm, maybe not, but like, we, like we will definitely adjust it and and. Uh, 
So you're on round eight of, of the like summer menu? 2.8, something like that. No, summer, we changed a dish this weekend. We're changing a dish today. We're trying not, at EMP and the Nomad, we would, EMP, we changed it on one day. We changed like 12 things on one day. It was, okay. it was, it was like opening a new restaurant. At Nomad, we would do two menu changes. It would half the menu one week, half the menu the next week. Now, we're, we're three months old. We're a toddler. We're a baby. Right. So yeah. still, like, we don't have the systems. We, you know, and it's something that we've learned. I'm like, very happy with doing it this way, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so that's how I'm like used to doing it. Yeah, when changing. I heard early on, he was like, yo, we changed the menu. Like, we do all these in one day. I was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> changing the menu doesn't just fall on yeah. the cooks. It's no, a big it's training for education. For and, for and that's when we go back to this dining room and kitchen collaboration. Right. Where it's like kitchen driven, like I'm changing the menu. I don't care about the dining room. Like right. they need to deal with it. Fuck Learn them. it. Right. Learn it. And it's like no. <laughs> and what we did really well at at the Make It Nice World, we would like weeks in advance. We would have the food ready. We'd have menus written. We'd have you know educational packets. We're not there. We're sliding in head first. We're Pete Rose <laughs> rounded third. Like, <laughs> end of the home. And we're like, you know, we are not where we want to be. Yeah. You know, but we're doing really well where we are at this moment. And I think like we've said this internally is that once we really start clicking and everything is really starts making sense just how great this restaurant can be and, and, and these two places. I think that like James and I, because we, we sort of sit at the top of each side, so to speak, we get to look, like we can look at the team and be like, this is going to be something fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And the struggles that they feel right now are ones that will take time to go and get better. But, um, like I know I look at, at the group and I'm like this like you know this team is insanely strong you know and like getting them um, like I think just getting everybody to be comfortable with that idea that like guys this is exactly where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to do what's the trust factor you know? that you guys yeah, talked about earlier talked with about understanding trust. each other yeah, yeah I think so yeah. We, we spoke about trust earlier at lunch and like I said I trust Jeff and Jeff is a professional and you know the people that work for us may not necessarily have the same trust for their counterparts they may or they may not, but it's like you earn and you slowly learn and you get better. And, and, you know, we, the only way that we really succeed and we, and, and we become this great restaurant is if we all a hundred percent trust and love and, and support each other. I think that stems from the top too. So it's like, if your team sees that and they trust, then that's how it, how it's. I mean, I think also that in our dynamic, the teams themselves so heavily came from our past mm-hmm. that they trust us at least individually. So there's something there to go on. Like they have to, I mean, I would assume, and if any of you guys are listening, like I love you all. Totally. <laughs> uh, I, I have to assume that somewhere in there they trust us and they trust us at least individually. And certainly like with the past, you know, many, many, many of the, of the people on the management team and have been on the project for almost a year. Um, in some capacity, they've been participating, and I mm-hmm. think that they, um, you know, it was we had a an, like a we had a really amazing opportunity to be able to open the restaurant the way that we did, having that space that James was talking about, doing these dinners for people in the building, like giving us a chance to work on all that stuff, but also getting to sit around the table with all of these people for ten, you know, ten, twelve months without the stress of actual service. Right. You know, like it was the honeymoon phase, yeah, and then we got into like. We got back from the honeymoon, and now that's where we are today. Right. You know. So we're going to take a super quick break to hear from our friends at Bento Box, and then we'll hear all about being newlyweds, I guess. Nice. Yeah.
Old Ebbett Grill is Washington, D.C.'s oldest saloon. It was founded in 1856 as a boarding house, which has been known to host past presidents and military heroes. After numerous relocations, it moved in 1983 for the final time to the Beau Arts Building, once an old theater and historic landmark. Antique beer steins, classical oil paintings, and taxidermy adorn its rich wooden interiors. Bento Box connected Old Epic Grill with people by designing a new website that highlights their private event spaces and distinguished ambiance. Old Epic Grill is one of 4,000 restaurants that's powered by Bento. Visit getbento.com slash opening soon to learn more. All right, welcome back. Uh, again, we're joined with Jeff Katz and James Kent of Crown Shy. Um, and we're talking about a lot of things, mostly the dynamic between uh, dining room and kitchen, as well as the menu. Nailed it. There it is. Huh? <laughs> we we got, got it. it. Fluid now. I got it. Yeah. Can I get a job? Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, one of my one of my questions is when you're doing the menu and you're doing all these iterations, are there parameters that you're that keep you on brand that that keep you local that keep you seasonal? Yeah, I, I think so. We are opening another restaurant in several months on the top of the building, which will be an elegant elevated restaurant. So we need to make sure that these two restaurants in the same building need to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think downstairs. There's no luxury ingredients. We're never going to put foie gras or truffle or a langoustine or a turbo or things like that. All the food is, is pedestrian. You know, it's not... It's not um, Pedestrian, but delicious. Well, I so, feel like... No, it, it's like... It, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a chicken, but it's, it's a chicken that is grown in Pennsylvania that is fed our scraps from the restaurant to, to finish it. It's like, you know, it's not a bad product, but it's not like, like a poulet de breast from France that we're flying in. Is that what upstairs will be all well, no, truffles uh, and lobster? And <laughs> we will we'll definitely be using luxury TBD. ingredients. Um, and, you know, people, it's just a different different dining experience. But Wait. downstairs, we want fun. We want cool. We want you to, like, be able to sit back and not feel like it's uptight. You don't want to, want to go and, yeah. like, have to stand up or sit up, up straight and feel like you're... At your grandma's house for dinner. Right. Like you might be scolded if you're slouching. No. Can you, uh, just because you said about the chicken, I just want to make sure I heard that right. So the chicken is fed scraps from the restaurant. Are you working with like a farm? Well, so it's green circled chicken, uh, which is a bird that uh, D'Artagnan grew for us at Love Madison Park. And we would send them scraps. We'd send them like celery roots and whatnot um, to kind of finish the feed Mm. on scraps of the restaurant. Basically how, how birds were raised on farms in the past um, and basically now D'Artagnan learned the feeding uh, finishing and kind of use the scraps that they generate um, Interesting. But, it, but initially it was like this full circle, circle. Full circle right. of life um, and we get a head and feet on they're, they're you know essentially they run around the field they're these beautiful little birds they live a good life you know so it's not that we are trying to get the cheapest you know um, things for the menu it's just like we, we know that it's a value driven restaurant we want people to come and be able to dine there several times a week a month some people have been there 15, 15 times you know so it's just about upstairs yeah. a bit more luxury more of a narrative tasting menu and then downstairs is just this fun cool laid back chill delicious restaurant and if you're not in new york city and want to see james make said chicken you can check out 
a clip from this morning's Today Show. Yeah, so. I'm doing lots of press today. Lots of press. So lots. James has like been up since four o'clock in the morning. I have. Chickens, <laughs> so thank you for being here. Butts and seats, people. Butts Come on. <laughs> um, I think let's go into. We like to do a fun little lightning round with our guests. Um, so just like one to two word, quick answers, top of the head. Um, yeah. So I'll just kick it off. What have been your number of days off since opening? Damn it, I just took last week off. <laughs> the, whole the whole week? week? Wow. I took the whole week yeah, off. So we, early on, it was probably like a 90, <laughs> a 90 days, I don't even know, like 50 days. Jeff and I were taking, we got to the point where Jeff and I would, would swap a Sunday. Um, but, you know, we got to a point where I'm going to Mexico next week, which is unheard of. Good and, our, and our team... Uh, our AGM is in Napa Valley. She's taking five days. My chef de cuisine. I'm making. I'm making everyone take some time. Our pastry chef. You know, we're opening another restaurant in six months, and and we need to have time for ourselves. It's about balance. And you said two words. I apologize, but like balance. No, that's okay. This is <laughs> balance, great. Balance is a huge. No, we're big advocates it, for it's balance. A huge, yeah, it's a huge aspect of 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 my life, man. Because restaurants take everything. Yeah. They take your health. You, you know, your sanity, your time, everything. So it's like you need to fight. For, for, for what's right for your family for the people that are outside of, uh, of the walls of, of, of these restaurants it's definitely one of the like benefits of doing big, big restaurants with big teams because it's like when one guy goes away and when there's only six people working there it's yeah, really it hard to deal with it yeah. but yeah. when you're a hundred and you've got other people in coverage and we don't have it figured out like we need more people we, we certainly need that they're hiring if yeah, come on yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah come on down come on down no, but that's a good, I mean, it's a good thing. It's, and we talk a lot about culture on this show and how do you create a good culture and like time off and wellness and looking at things holistically, like a career is really important in yeah, the industry. It's so it's good to hear that you support that. And again, that. I start to the top. So it's yeah. our, um, like, you know, the, 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 basically the mission statement for us as a, as a company has always been to create restaurants that everybody wants to come back to. And that I think started with thinking about the team even before the guest, because if the team doesn't want to come back, they're not going to give an, you know, an experience that is one that you want to come mm-hmm. back to as a guest. And we're, you know, it's a new restaurant, so we're still trying to figure out how to make that perfect. But it's like top of mind yeah. as we make decisions, as we do things, as we think about what the future looks like. Like, you know, I got to go to work and I'd rather be on the beach with my family. But if I'm going to have to go back there, I want to do it with people who I want to be around every day. Yeah. But isn't that the goal? We work hard so that we can be on the beach with our family and, uh, yeah, yeah. I just want to stay there. (laughs) Retire. I've been talking about retiring for 10 years now. (laughs) Yeah. It's never going to happen. happen. (laughs) Chefs don't retire. (laughs) (laughs) Chefs work forever. Yes. Unfortunately. Go ahead. Um, what's, so we just talked about a little bit about a menu change. What's the ingredient you're most excited about right now? I don't know. It's, you know, it, it's tough to say. It, you know, every year it's, it's, you know, spring shows up and it's the same stuff. It's, yeah. You know, like, like there are no like hidden ingredients. It's not like as a young cook, like, wow, this is a watermelon radish. I've never seen that before. Talk to Dan Barber right. and Rose Seven Seed. No, no I know. But, but for me, it's like, <laughs> so it's really just about, okay, how do you stay fresh? How do you challenge yourself to work with things and treat them differently? And then there, there are those things like I always cook this asparagus this way because it's it, it's amazing and I love it. Um, so it's just about like challenging yourself each season um, and trying to find new new ways to treat food. And you know it's the summer like tomatoes, peaches, plums, cherries. You know the, it, it, you know it's not one ingredient. Um, you know it's just the bounty of what's what's going to show up. What about you, Jeff? What's the dining room most excited about? 
Um, I think, at least for me, um, one of the things I've really enjoyed is building the playlist for the restaurant, and I'm working a yeah, lot. Yeah, Jeff on is the resident DJ. The, 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 I'm working <laughs> so on. Give the, it up if, to Jeff if you enjoy that playlist. It's very important. We, um, I'm working a lot on the restaurant yeah. playlist for upstairs now, because it's not just uh, like it's it's. We play it downstairs in Crown. We play a ton of hip hop, but it's not just hip hop. It's almost more like a vibe that like might be hip hop, but like just maybe makes you want to nod your head that has like a fair amount of like instrumentation and upstairs we're like working on what that upstairs vibe is going to be like and I think music for us and you know like it's a we don't want to be a the dining room that's like this fancy place where there's no music going like there's going to be music mm -hmm. in every single one of our spaces and it's not going to necessarily just be background are you do you feel like you're impacted by what what like the kitchen's planning on the menu like does that change for you seasonally or just it's like an overall like this is sort of what we yeah, I don't know that it like has menu, like it. W what I do do is make sure that the list grows as the night goes on. So if you pop in at five thirty, it feels pretty chill, and mm -hmm. by the time you get to like eight thirty, at least a crown. Yeah, there's like Wu Tang play. Yeah, thing. it's much more energetic, <laughs> and so I'll be looking for that tomorrow night when we come mm -hmm. in for dinner. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's a, that's that's the thing. Like it just has to feel right for the timing, you know. And I think also like, you know having food having music translate to a certain dish it just seems forced you know yeah it's yeah. like not authentic it's like right. let's make a story work you know it's like it's one thing if it really worked if there's a song that jeff is like yo i ate my first pair to this thing and it's super important <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine and, that's gonna be a thing though no, but, I feel but like. i think so for me authenticity is huge yeah and i wanted to we created a restaurant for us it wasn't for a critic it wasn't for michelin or the times it was, you know, it's like we want to create restaurants that we want to go to and that our staff wants to go to. And, like, there's a picture of Biggie Smalls on the wall. It's been it's been on my wall for the past 20 years. It's, like, the one cool thing that, that, that I've owned, like, the actual <laughs> Yo, did you see oh, that like the apartment that he lived in is for rent? Yeah, we're moving I in. It's, like, that. four grand. It's, like, $4,000. That's our staff apartment. Our office staff apartment. <laughs> you went going from the 63rd floor yeah, yeah. to, uh... Yeah, to St. James Place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the restaurant... We created a fun place for us, you know, and um, I lost my train of thought. But no, I mean, Biggie throws me off. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like we did talk a lot about that. Like we got to build a restaurant that at least we want to go back to. And although all the reviews came in like really strong, we spend a lot of time talking about how the review brings a guest in once and what happens at the table will bring them back over and over and over again. That's extremely And so true. like the review season's over. It's done. Like we, you know, like there'll be other like smaller great press pieces hopefully that'll com continue to come out but at the end of the day like the ones in new york like the big ones for the most part are all in and they went well um and now it's on us to one live up to the expectation that the review set mm -hmm. like we've had a couple issues as, just back to music like we've had guests come in who don't like hip-hop yeah and you know at the end of the day like we we can't vanilla the whole project down just because someone doesn't like a particular genre it's just we chose this as as part of as yeah. how it feels in here yeah. so you kind of like have to like it or not but if we made the restaurant like vanilla then we would lose most of the people who would just say this is boring it doesn't right. feel right yeah and so once in a while we have to have that conversation and the reviews haven't talked much about the music which isn't it's totally normal right but it's present right. it's a present thing in our room you know and yeah. we like music yeah. we, you know you know we definitely have guests 
oftentimes they walk out, they're like, everything is incredible. The playlist is bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm wow, in the kitchen. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> like all, all night long. And I'm in the kitchen bobbing my head. Yeah. And my sous chef was like, you know, I'm like, I'm afraid to bob my head. I'm like, I like consciously <laughs> try not to. I'm like, dude. Enjoy, enjoy your yourself, life, bro. Yeah. Enjoy it. Like this is. But you, I think that translates to the guest experience too. And yeah, for sure. When like, you when, when, and like enjoying. When you see the people that are that are serving you, that they enjoy things and they're having a good time, it just it just makes you happy. Yeah. You know, and I'll say also that I mean, we're all sort of the same age. I think that basically hip hop from the '90s is oldies. I know. I love it though. It's like right. oldies now. I like know. you know, like that music's been around for a long, <laughs> for a long time. It's thirty time. years we're old. So old. Yeah. If you I get moved from the '80s, it's like. Vintage, Whoa. you know, so, so it's just vintage. like, I know, you know what like, it is. it's like what I grew up on, too. This know? is the dining public, like, New York's a relatively, like, sort of um, exciting, like, energetic city that has a lot of, like, people who are now our age, and that's what they listen to, yeah. you know, not everybody, but it's oldies, yeah, you know. No, hip hop is all these folks. Hip hop is all these. I don't feel you cool heard anymore. it here first. <laughs> um, we okay. had a hip hop guy in the room last night, <laughs> and someone did you change the track? Yeah, we, we that, did you do it? A song. So we had a <laughs> we had a hip hop old school a legend legend come in yeah. and yeah. the song came on and we and we and we passed the track. Yeah, you so skipped it. You skipped, skipped it. it. Why? No, I was, like, no, was just like you know, if you're like sitting in the room and you're it, like awkward. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just a, you know, like it, it, it's a it, if you you know you hear the track you'd be like oh yeah. It's like one of those, it's just one of those tracks that like starts off and you're like, everybody knows it. (laughs) And it's a classic, like incredible track. Um, So, That's funny. Interesting. All right. We'll run through two more. Yeah. Then we'll call. What's the um, favorite thing on the menu at the moment? I eat the chicken every night. Chicken every night. Chicken every night. Number one ordered thing on the menu. Sticky toffee pudding. Really? Really? Is it sticky, sticky toffee or? I think it's sticky toffee pudding. What about the number one ordered entree? Chicken. The chicken. Yeah. Is that a chicken for two? Is it? No, it everything is for two. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. nothing is for two. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, there are no hungry. rules. It's half a bird. How hungry are you? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Got it's it. a decent sized half bird too. All the yeah, all the food is meant to be shared. So the goal is for you to taste as much stuff as possible. We'll remember that. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to give a couple shout outs? Um. Yeah. So. We always like to shout out our friends who are opening soon. Any, well, these guys just opened soon. I mean, technically three months. Any, anybody, friends, fam, anything like, coming down the like So underwater as to yeah, like, like, what's going I on out there in the real world. Tunnel right vision. A little bit. It doesn't have to be New York. Anybody else you can mm. think of? We've just been so focused on opening our restaurant. I know. I'm gonna, <laughs> I know, like, I'm we don't get, know what else is going on. I'm going to get that call be. from my friend who's like, like why did you shoot you, me why out? Did you what the fuck? <laughs> you had a chance. Um, all right. Well, I have a couple. So um, Chef Chloe is back with her Supernatural pop-up at Tom Colicchio's Craft um, just for the summer. So if you're into vegan food, go check her out Nice. until the end of the summer. She's also just a lovely human being. And then the other one isn't really a um, restaurant, but our friends Jocelyn and Erica just launched um, their butchers. They were at White Gold, and they just launched their CPG brand, which is called J&E Small Goods. And you can order it online or get it at, like, Meckleburg's. Ours are in the mail. Ours are in the mail. I ordered some today. I'm so excited. Um, But they're really awesome. So check that out. Uh, next week, join us as we talk about building a brand that can outlast your lease. Uh, we'll have Nikki Russ Fetterman and Josh, Josh Russ Tupper of uh, famed appetizing multi-channel business Russ and Daughters. And not just outlast your lease, but 100 years. I just like to point yeah, out they have a really 100-year-old really yeah. restaurant. Yeah. 
strong. Strong. Um, strong contract. Yeah. <laughs> they know a thing or two about brand and expanding it, so that they'll be fun to chat with. Uh, special thanks again to James and Jeff of Crown Shy. Uh, we're super excited to be in for dinner tomorrow night. Everyone else, try and do your best to book early. What, what do we? Is there like an online booking system that we have you to? You can jump go on? right onto the website and book, and it books up. Was it thirty days in advance? Thirty days. Thirty days. Yeah. So All go right. on thirty days. Catch it in the end of July. Um, and then if you dropped your notebook in the linen hamper, we've got your back. You can check our blog on tillitnyc.com to catch our wrap-up from today with key points. Uh, where, where do we find you guys on social? Uh, I'm jcats411. Uh, Chef James Kent. The and the brand. restaurant is Crown Shy NYC? NYC, yeah. NYC. Cool. And the website's Crown Shy NYC. Crownshy.nyc. Yeah. and they're located at That's 70 Pine Street. Yeah, yep. crownshy.com works also. It's all the same. Cool. Uh, follow us on Heritage Radio. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Are Opening Soon and at Till It NYC. And that'll do it for today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for cool. being here, yeah. guys. Yeah, that's uh, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Cool. Peace, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>